John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good morning, man. Man, good morning to you too, sir. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Doing great, man. Just uh, coming in here fresh from Miami. We're uh, overlooking this uh, beautiful boulevard and yeah, and, and just commenting on there's a lot of traffic noise and you know, that, that, <laughs> that happens when your streets are full of Lamborghinis and Ferraris and uh, yeah. uh, and, and, and people have lots of opinions. So yes, um, yeah. yes. It's, uh, you know, it's, but I will say this, man, we've also not only got these wonderful streets behind us, we've also got a beautiful view of, I think we're calling it a bay. It could be an ocean. We don't know. It's a body of water. It's a part of an ocean. There's water. It's blue <laughs> and we can see it. And where you understand being from Mississippi and Texas, especially the parts of Mississippi and Texas that we are from, right? we're not accustomed to the idea of water being blue. It's typically brown, right? Or it's something that green you, at best, right? Something that you avoid unless you have to drink. And yeah, then, well, and even and then, then <laughs> you got to filter it pretty hardcore. But so, yeah, so we've got this beautiful water out here, and these uh, occasionally these yachts going by, and actually, even as I just say that, a yacht just like passed into view, and they're big. They're not like little yachts. They're they're big yachts. I and mean, there's like these cute little yachts that like you know the little. Uh, make believe you know billionaires have but then there's like the the big ones then there's the one that the actual billionaires have do you think that maybe they're compensating for something they're not pipe smokers that's got to be it that's got to be it man speaking of pipe if they smokers, were pipe smokers they would be secure and they would they would, right and maybe they are pipe smokers i don't know maybe maybe uh maybe brian levine's out there you know what? he probably is. <laughs> he probably is man speaking of pipe smokers we got some amazing ones who are making this show happen of course i'm talking about our patrons over at the country squire radio international pipe club we've got two new squire members to give a shout out to this week we got john welsh it's just John Walsh, but I don't know. I was just, I was trying. John Welsh, Welsh, yeah, Welsh, Welsh. He's a Welshman. He, he doesn't doesn't he sound like a Welshman? He runs like a Welshman. <laughs> uh, so that's John, and then we also have Drake Summers, whose name I'm not going to mess up because Drake Summers sounds like he is one of the long lost Summers brothers who are from the X Men. What? Oh, X Men fan, no. Yeah. There's always another Summers brother out there, and Drake Summers must be one of them. So, Drake, if you're a mutant, congratulations and thank you so much for for supporting us. <laughs> he here. is a mutant because he's supporting Country Squire Radio. <laughs> That's right. It's fantastic. We love it, man. And uh, thank y'all so much again. If you want to help support the show, head over to Patreon.com/slash/CountrySquireRadio today. All right, man, we have got a top three episode this week. Yeah. And yeah. we are, even though we find ourselves in here, in, in, in Miami, we will be taking a little bit trip up north, northern than we are at the moment to Virginia. Man, I, I, I it's just so, when you're sitting in Miami surrounded by all this glamour and then you hear Froghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I say, I say, I say, I say, I say. It's just something surreal about that. <laughs> they should have never let us in here. You know they, what I mean? No, no. They really, if they knew what they were getting in, we were passing into. through customs. And they were like, they, "You don't, you don't look like Miamians." I know. Well, okay. Look, <laughs> just as an aside, like that, you know, Florida is such a great state because it is so diverse yeah I mean, it, you know in, in so many states in the u.s well, i'm from houston now so like i know I mean, is I, it really see, diverse? that's the thing I don't know. but I, I mean you know you, you, i mean they're just they're like three or four different states within one state right, you know, right, you right. Just, it's just hard to characterize florida and people are like well you went to miami you're just staying in the south and i'm like you don't get it miami's just different <laughs> no yeah this is a different <laughs> once world. you once you go south enough in florida like everyone's from new york and new jersey so well, you know what? Have you or ever been Cuba? Like, have, and 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 here we are. This is true. Have you, you know? ever been to Los Angeles? 
Uh, I have not. No, I trust you. You're here now. <laughs> this is yeah. this is the L.A. of the South. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really it just has that flair to it, you know. So, uh, it, it's interesting. You, um, yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, we just have to so, so, so back to Virginia. Yeah, you know, my point is that we're going to Virginia. <laughs> That's the thing. We wanted to keep things Miami focused, and yet here we are talking about three of the top three Virginia tobaccos. <laughs> That's right, man. Top three today. We like bringing um. You know, different uh, character perspectives to this this series. There's obviously, you know, uh, all kinds of different tobacco genres that we visited and, and pipes and uh, pipe shapes and whatnot. But man, we, we want to talk about a tobacco varietal today that, of course, is very dear to me and one that can be kind of polarizing because we're pipe smokers and we get polarized about a lot of things. But today we are going to talk about Virginias. I want to talk about the top three Virginias. And this is this is hard because there are so many, you would think, okay, Virginia tobacco, well, that, that must be easy to define, right? Well, it is, but you know, there's Virginias that are unsweetened. There are Virginias that are lightly sweetened. There are Virginias that are heavily sweetened. There are Virginias that are, uh, that are aromatic, but People think they're not aromatic. Mm. There are Virginias that are mixed with a little bit of Perique. There are Virginias that are mixed with a lot of Perique. There are Virginias that have a little oriental flair uh, in, included in them. And and so which one of these do we count as Virginias? Do we only count the ones that are completely unflavored and completely you know unadulterated and they're just Virginias? Or what about the ones that have a little, uh, just a little uh, lemon oil on them or something and that kind of masquerade as unflavored, even though they are? And, and, and then what about... Out of the whole Perique varieties as well. So anyway, we are going to talk about Virginias today. I'm leaving it open to interpretation a little bit because it's my podcast and that's what I want to do. <laughs> but we are going to avoid Virginia Periques, which is uh, really its own its Yeah, own that, that'll definitely so, get its own category at some point. Yeah, I think so, because there's so many great ones there as well. And so, you know, it, it, it was hard, though, as a Virginia smoker approaching this because they're, yeah, well... Some of the best-selling Virginias, the most iconic Virginias on the market, are not not my favorites, but they are like that. They are top three, though, you know. Hmm. So, so it's like I I had to kind of make peace with myself a little bit coming into this episode because it's like we need to talk about in my mind what people consider to be the top three Virginias. Okay, so I'm just want to make sure I'm, I'm like tracking with you. So when you say top three, you're talking about and you're for this top three because I mean it differs from time to time. Yeah, you're saying you're going for in your mind quality, which is not necessarily the one that you pull consistently from. It's not necessarily your yeah. favorite. It's but you have to give it. It's like a movie that has that caliber of excellence, like yeah. an Oscar-worthy movie. Everyone knows, but it's not the one you watch but over and over. You're not pulling from that one from yeah. your, your DVD rack. And kids, a DVD rack... <laughs> A, DV, what, a DVD. A DVD is what replaced right. the VHS. And a VHS was right. what replaced the talkie. I don't the know. talkies, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eight track, I don't know. Da, 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 da. So yeah, so I mean, but that, so okay, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking with you. I just wanted to kind of put that into context. Yeah, so you know, it's a little, it. it's a little difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, it, but really, if you think about it, this would be true in any sense. You know, if we were going to have an aromatic pipe, to, if we're going to have the best top three fruitiest pipe tobaccos out there, there's a good chance I'm not going to pull for these tobaccos super regularly. But at the same time, that you know, we need to acknowledge like the best ones considered on the market. So anyway, we've got three today that I am fond of, but uh, I don't find myself smoking uh, all that often. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some of my personal recommendations later as we uh, as we continue on. 
All right, first one today. Uh, this, of course, will be no you know surprise to the uh, pipe enthusiast or the Virginia smoker enthusiast, but we are going to talk about a product that's now made by the Mac Baron Company. It's a very historic tobacco smoked by famous folks from uh, old and in uh, in more recent. But that is Capstan Original Navy Cut. Ah, uh, Capstan. Yeah, Capstan is one of those tobaccos. The original Navy Cut. Some call it Capstan Blue. It's in a the blue squared off tin that comes in a, a really handsome flake it's a very kind of like a blue jay egg type it kind of yeah. has a blue like a bird egg blue yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's right yeah it, it's just a it's a very elegant uh tin it's very simple uh capstan is kind of an interesting name so that the the, the definition what is a capstan uh, it's a broad revolving cylinder with a vertical axis used for winding a rope or a cable powered by a motor or pushed around by levers <laughs> Okay, so this might answer a question that I was going to have because in the Capstan 10 itself, there's some sort of icon yeah. that I've been trying to place. Like, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a gazebo or it's something. It's the like that. wheel of a ship. It, it's the wheel of a, you it's know, it's the Capstan of a ship. Yeah, it's the Capstan. Wait, so is this, is this, okay, and I feel bad. I feel like I should know this. Um, but you know how there's the, the thing that drops and pulls up the anchor? That's a capstan, right? I think so. Okay, then yeah. I'm tracking. All right, good, good, good deal. I, I think I think capstans are used in a variety of hoists and you know all those things that you know use. I think on Sea of Thieves you can actually customize that to be like different things. Like you could put like your enemy's skulls on it or something of that nature. But yeah, <laughs> interesting. Okay, cool. Put my enemy's skulls on it. Man. Well, you're a pirate. You know, they're not yeah. technically your you, you capture. You're killing skeletons. You know, the, 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 <laughs> your enemies have already done ninety percent of the work. You're just taking the. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. So, uh, man, we have Capstan, uh, which is currently made by uh, Mac Barron. It yeah. comes in that beautiful bird egg blue tin, the original one. This one's a little more full body than its yellow. There, there's a Capstan yellow, which is a, a little more mild, a little a little lighter. It's a it's a collection of Virginias. These are tobaccos that have a orangey element to them. Uh, you'll get the grassy notes that are so familiar to Virginias, but then also just have this very healthy element of of citrus. And it, it's just an iconic Virginia. It's one of those that you know has been uh, around for a long time. Of course, was frequented and and made probably most popular by famed author uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. His favorite tobacco that he smoked and is very well known for doing. Just a very, very good blend. It's one of those that the medium bodiedness of this, it's a it's a malty flavor, it's a grassy flavor. It's one of those that is very approachable for a lot of folks that is are looking for something that's um, complex enough to keep your interest, but but also just very smokable. And so uh, mm. there's that that maltiness that's there uh, with just a little bit of spice. And so yeah, Capstan Blue putting that at the at the number one straight Virginia uh, of our top three. And I think uh, I think that's probably a fair assessment. When's so. the last time that you had it? Out of curiosity, Capstan Blue. Uh, it's probably been about a month ago. Okay. Yeah, I've got an open jar of it that I, I I opened a tin, put it in a mason jar, and you know revisit it occasionally. Again, you know it just it's to me Capstan is pretty simple. It, it's a it's a simple uh, tobacco. The uh, Virginias are you know they're a little more robust than its uh, yellow cousin, and so um, you know it's uh, a little more little more interesting uh, to me. 
But yeah, it's just not a tobacco I smoke. I smoke constantly. Okay, no, yeah. but it's got so that quality. That's why it I does, it. man. It does. It's uh, certainly iconic. It's one of the most reviewed tobaccos out there, and and certainly in the Virginia category, it just uh, it just holds a real pedigree. Well, speaking of iconic and pedigree, let's go to number two. What you got here, man? Yep, and that's that's of course uh, what we're visiting again, which is just a, a name that Virginia smokers know and are very familiar with, and that is Samuel Gaywith's Full Virginia Flake. Full Virginia Flake, reading from Tobacco Reviews, is for lovers of pure pressed Virginias created in the heart of Lakeland, England. The hot pressed blended Virginias take on a delicious and distinctive dark color that creates a pipe smoker's dream, a feeling of calm, serenity, and anticipation of the next pipe full. A must-have for all Virginia lovers, medium in strength. Yeah, again, this is one of those tobaccos that it just has incredibly high-quality Virginias there. And the hot press that, you know, Sam Gaywith is is known for, it just leaves the tobacco very moist, very rich, and very flavorful. This is a tobacco that you really need to dry out. I, I just am committed. Anytime I open a can of this, you know. When you say, and you mean you as in the consumer. The consumer right. needs to let dry. It, yeah. I, I feel like this tobacco does best with some age on it. Yeah. And and really taking it out of the tin, letting it breathe a little bit, maybe letting it sit in a mason jar for a few months. And then before you even smoke the tobacco, like, you know, even letting it just kind of t- tear it apart in a ready rubbed form, letting it sit on the table or on a little napkin or something before you load it in your pipe. I think that's wise. But medium strength tobacco, kind of a nutty flavor here. And it's it's one of those that just Virginia smokers have to smoke. They just have to smoke and typically will really enjoy. It's uh, it's one of those that folks fight over. You've got people clawing each other uh, like they want for the PlayStation at Walmart on uh, Christmas <laughs> Eve kind of deal. But <laughs> right. Because uh, it, it's just, it's a harder to get tobacco. Has, has a nice uh, malty grassiness that you might think of as you know maybe the capstan we talked about but but does have some of these darker plummy notes that more of your stone fruit that uh, kind of tends to undergird the bottom of it that just it makes it a little more rich flavor mm. a little more rich tasting which i think is uh is pleasing so um i, I gotta ask why yeah you know of all the samuel gaywiths why why does this one feature a a brightly prominent green sherlock holmes on it like what, what do you think is being trying to be communicated here yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, when I think of Sherlock Holmes, I think of, you know, intelligence and sophistication and curiosity. I don't know why they chose this particular one for the Sherlock uh, profile. There. You don't think it's a British thing? Because, I mean, a lot of times on the 10, sometimes you actually see the little British flag up there. But I don't yeah, know, could maybe be. that's specifically regional. Could be. Yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, a lot of other Samuel Gay with tobaccos have, you know, some type of British Isle scenery. There's, you know, of course, Squadron Leader has the old, you know, uh, Spitfire from World War II on oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know I, yeah, I, so I'm not, I'm not sure there's old castles and stuff. I'm not really sure what just they were going for. Just kind of British iconography in general. Yeah, and it, you know, it's just it's been there for, for so long. But Full Virginia Flake, of course, comes in a rectangular tin, but also in a 250-gram box. Uh, the, the both of the packaging methods that they use are troublesome. So the, the box that this stuff comes in is not, you know, sealed hardly at all. And so uh, if you buy it, you really do immediately need to get it in some type of jar or, you know, container that's going to let it just just uh, stay fresh. The rectangular tins that Samuel Gaywith uses are notoriously poorly sealed. I, you know, and I, who knows what that's about, but they, they come open more often 
than probably any other tin, just like in the mail, even sitting on, you know, on the storage rack. They're just, you know, sitting around. These tins just have a tendency to pop open. Isn't I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, that is tends to be par for the course with that shape, but you're saying that on top of that. Even more so. Yeah. Yeah. The, a square tin is bad enough. Right. But for some reason, the Samuel Gaywith tins, they just, uh, they have a, they have a tendency of, of popping open. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, once you get in these, uh, particular tins, uh, either vacuum sealing them or, um, taking the contents out and put them in, in a jar. Okay. So, there yep. you go. All right. Yep. So even, even on the top list, you still gotta, gotta massage it a little still bit. Still gotta massage it, man. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it, 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 it wouldn't be pipe tobacco if it weren't quirky. All right. Well, let's see what number three. <laughs> man, I'm excited about number three because this comes from a historic line of tobaccos. This is a tobacco that is a 100% Virginia tobacco. It is uh, mildly flavored, although most of the people that smoke it don't think it uh, it really is at all. Uh, but it does have a mild uh, a mild flavor, and it's just a it's a delicious tobacco. It's something that's very interesting and worthy of keeping around. Ages incredibly well, and um, ho- I hope I don't get in too much trouble for this. But this is Peterson's the Royal Yacht. Uh, this is a former Dunhill tobacco. Dunhill Royal Yacht been around for a very long time. It's Virginia's and uh, just has a a dark, rich flavor that's heavy and and spicy. The subtle aroma that's there to, to me tastes very natural, but it does have a plumminess there that cues you in that you're you know smoking something that's probably been flavored just a little bit, although they're a little you know coy about what they've put into this particular tobacco. But there is a flavoring there. Uh, this is a very strong tobacco. I, I'm I'm not used to Virginia's being this strong, but this I, this has a strong tobacco. This is one of those Virginias that I need to uh, I need to eat something before I smoke. You right, know, it's yeah, kind of like a full bodied cigar. Yeah. It's something that to me, if I smoke Royal Yacht, I probably need to have something on my belly. You know, and and so it's interesting in that in that way that it's just a little different. But Royal Yacht is so good, and it, and it, it's again very flavorful. A little goes a long way. It doesn't take a lot of preparation to smoke this. The ribbons are very, you know, accessible, ready to go inside the pipe. Of course, because it's not a ready rub or a flake, that can be easily loaded with, you know, without a lot of extra care. It doesn't really need to be dried extra in, in any um, in any experience that I've had with it. It's just a good tobacco. It just tends to be a little stronger than what you might think of from most Virginias. And so I love this from from a 1917 advertisement. It says, pure shade grown Virginias, very soft smoking, particularly recommended in cases of delicate throat. <laughs> delicate throat? Delicate throat. And so if you struggle with delicate throat uh, and you live in you lived in 1917, then uh, then this uh, this tobacco was for you. I'd love to um, see the market research mindset. Like, all right, we've done we've done all the reviews, see? And there's an entire <laughs> an entire pipe smoker out there that no one's talking to. And that is the delicately throat de- pipe smoker. Who's talking there. to the delicate throat? We gotta talk to the delicate the throat. The entire market said we're gonna own the delicate throat market. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> I just think that's so fascinating. Yeah, but uh, you know, again, this is a the tobacco. It's very complex with the the variety of Virginias that are there, and of course, it has this kind of stone fruit topping that's 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 lingering in there that just augments the natural flavor of the tobacco itself without becoming obnoxious. And you know, <laughs> there, um, it, you know, it, a lot of a lot of Virginia tobaccos are mildly flavored. If you've smoked. What used to be Dunhill Flake is now Peterson Flake. If you think that is a unflavored tobacco, 
I got news for you. It's that that tobacco has some flavoring on it, you know, and and so many of them do. Casings are kind of ubiquitous in the pipe world, so it's just something to keep in mind. But anyway, good good tobaccos, all three, and I um, and certainly think they all deserve a place on the Mount Rushmore of Virginia pipe tobacco. Okay, so. good deal. You know, it's interesting because we've got the top three, like that has been yeah. the focus. But we we never and we've talked about possibly doing a series at some point, of like the the Mount Rushmore of pipes and the Mount Rushmore of pipe tobaccos. Yeah, which is really is just a top four. That's like literally, <laughs> it's just such a gimmicky thing that everybody does, and you're essentially just doing. In a top four, but nobody clicks on a top four. You click on a top three, yeah, a top five, or a top ten. Yeah, but nobody does a top four. Nobody does a top two. Maybe the number one, but you know what I mean. Like it's just it's interesting. Uh, Mount Rushmore is just there to give four for a break. I, I do have, I'll, you know, I'm going to throw you one question, and maybe yeah. this is completely unfair. If you had a runner up, I'm only saying this because you said Mount Rushmore, yeah. so I'm like, I'll pat it out now. If you had a runner up, yeah, off I'd, the cuff, who would be? For me, it would be a tobacco. I actually do smoke more often than yeah. I do the three yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that I mentioned, and that would be Vowen Tobacco 14 Virginia Flake. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is a tobacco I've talked about a lot on the show. It's not a particularly popular tobacco, but it makes my heart sing. It is, uh, it is just so, <laughs> so good, man. I love this stuff. It's bright and fresh, and oh man, it's just, it's just so good. It has the right combination of citrus and grass. It's just a, just a really wonderful tobacco. So anyway, really, really love the the Vowen uh, Virginia Flake. Yep. Man, okay, cool, yep. cool. Well, I wanted to kind of throw it out there, give a little, do a little something different. Yeah, of and course, hey, you know, other favorites I've had before too, uh, like Pure Virginia from Mac Barron, Germain's Medium Flake, awesome. Of course, everything from Germain, really, really good. And uh, another one too that you know, occasionally, if we're talking about just Virginias that don't have Perique, the Opening Night from uh, from Cornell and Deal, also a great, great tobacco too. All right, good deal, man. It's well, well thought out. Got a lot of different options there for uh, people to consider as they yeah. are contemplating their own maybe top three that they might want to challenge you or something like that. And you know, speaking of challenging questions, you know who's getting into challenging questions? The corncob world. That's right. That's our good <laughs> friends at Missouri Meerschaum, man. They've got an awesome thing they've got going on right now. Every single Tuesday is Cobb Tuesday, not Cobb Salad. Cobb Tuesday. <laughs> Don't oh, get them confused. Don't get them confused. I mean, you could get a Cobb salad. Some Cobb salads are actually We should good. get Cobb salads on Cobb Tuesday. That makes sense. Yeah. And then you go and you answer the question. And but John David, tell them about tell them about Cobb Tuesday. Every Tuesday now for the next several weeks, you're going to go to Missouri Meersham's Facebook page. They are going on Tuesdays, Cobb Tuesday, to put a, a question there. Some of them are going to be factual. Some are opinions. Some are uh, just all pipe related. But uh, they want you to participate in this question, this game. And then they are going to pick winners on Wednesday of every week after that. Uh, these winners will get credit at the Missouri Meerschaum online store. And so you'll be able to purchase all kinds of cool things, anything from apparel to pipes to tobaccos, all the great stuff that Missouri Meerschaum has to offer. So if you're not a follower on Missouri Meerschaum's social media, uh, particularly their Facebook account, this is the perfect chance to go make sure you follow them on all the various forums. But be sure every week for the next several weeks to go to the Facebook page of Missouri Meerschaum and uh, participate in their Cobb Tuesday question. And here's what I want to see. I want to see one of y'all. I want to see you smoking a cob while with a cob salad <laughs> while answering the Cobb Tuesday question from yeah. Missouri Mirsom's Facebook page. Yeah. Send in a picture, a selfie of yourself doing those three things, and we will award you 
a retweet. So send that. To- <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that that would be that would be but some people might say it's corny. I think it's cobtastic. Oh. And thanks to the good folks at Missouri Beershom for sponsoring that pun. Pipe question of the week. It's a great pipe question of the week this week coming in from Derek J. He says, Mr. JD, I've been looking at a Missouri Meerschaum general since it has a deeper bowl. Can I just stuff more tobacco in and smoke longer or does the depth of the larger uh, or does the depth and the larger amount of tobacco cause the bottom leaf to soak up more moisture, becoming sogger and counterproductive to a long smoke. Do you have any thoughts on a straight versus bent or any longer, drier smoke? On average, with my Peterson Straight Bulldog, I'll smoke Country Squire Searsucker about 45 minutes. By the way, that's delicious, he says. He lives in West Texas, and so he's got some wind issues. But the real question that we're digging in is about that uh, that that general, man. Like, is it... Do you get to you get yeah. to smoke more of it, or do you have to kind of compete with it? So th- that's actually a good way to put it, Bo, the way you just did. Uh, it, it's a both and kind of thing. Okay. So, so with with larger pipes, you get the benefit of, you know, obviously loading more tobacco in the bowl. But, you know, the longer you burn tobacco, the more moisture is inevitably going to condense at the bottom of the bowl. Now, right. now this is, you, you bring up later, uh, Derek, in your question, you know, straight pipes versus bent pipes. And, you know, what about, you know, for a longer, drier smoke, that type of thing. The, the mechanics of the pipe, not just the size of the chamber but also the bend of the the pipe as well also has something to do with that you oh know, that's interesting if okay, you smoke yeah. a bent pipe the the saliva and the condensation from your breath tends to pull up in the bottom of the bowl more often because you've got all that collection from the stem running downhill it's got to go somewhere right so it's run down interesting yeah. if you're smoking a straight pipe it just tends to kind of stay more where it's condensed on on its own and so it stays a little drier kind of leveled um, out in the stem itself that's right yeah and so something to keep in mind if it's a if it's a large bold pipe uh, you may want it to be a straight pipe just so you know that it kind of compensates a little bit for that but and, and another thing too is that when the drilling on the inside of the bowl is also important. So when you go up, some pipe makers um, occasionally will kind of raise the draft hole kind of up on the side of the in, inside of the chamber a little bit too far. And and what that does, it, it allows moisture to pull up at the bottom of the bowl and not really get burned or wicked away. And so pipes can tend to kind of kind of smoke a little wet because of that as well. That and makes so sense. Yeah. You might have some tobacco at the bottom of the bowl. It doesn't get burned because it's kind of below the draft hole, basically. And that that's a tend to be tends to be a negative thing. And so um, so yeah, it's a both and thing. If you get a larger bowl, you're going to smoke it longer, but that also means you might, once you get past a certain point, have to fight with it more. And um, welcome to pipe smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's just kind of just kind of part of it. It's a so, skill. There's yeah. a reason why it's a skill and not just like a candy bar. It's you know not, what I mean? Man, like it's, it's that it's an art form. Yeah. It really is an art form. And uh, you know, yeah, it's it's the wonderful trade-off. Oh, I get to smoke so much longer, but um, you know, that longer smoke is going to gonna be a little different experience. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, great question, Derek. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week for us, send it in. That is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the Squire. Squire. Quick Fire question, Joe! 
right, man. Quick fire questions coming in on us this week. I actually, I came up with these. Really? Yeah, these are from me. Okay. Uh, and I like, because I'm curious. Okay. I, w- I want to learn something about you. Okay. All right. All right. Good. And I, I have a... F- There's probably still some things to learn. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> even after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't love me... All right. Anyway. No, it's know me. If you don't know me by now. Dang it. Messed it up. Ugh. Collector's edition. Collectibles edition. This is, this is the edition that we're doing here. Yeah. All right. Do you... Do or all right. This is a did or do. So maybe you did in the past. Have I in the do. past or do I now? Yeah. Do you now or have you ever collect cards? And if so, what kind? When I was a little kid, I collected for maybe a year and a half baseball cards. Baseball cards, really? And I can't tell you that I was ever into baseball. Okay. But for some reason, I think I thought I was supposed to have a card collection of something. It seemed like and something. And for about a year, it was. Probably baseball cards. Isn't that interesting? Because yeah. I remember getting baseball cards and not mm-hmm. caring at all. Like I could never really get into the baseball cards. I think it was one of those things that all my friends had baseball cards. Did they really? And I felt like I needed to have them too. And then after I got them, I was like, well, Why? this is not really something I'm into. Yeah. You know what I mean? The 90s was an interesting time for collect. I mean, we'll, like, we'll get into it with some of this other stuff. Yeah. But like... I wonder, like, part of me looks at baseball cards and wonders to what extent did kids our age actually like baseball cards or want to get into baseball cards versus maybe our fathers got into baseball cards mm. and they were trying to, like, kind of like in the same way. And, I mean, Passing you're not, it down. Like, I like playing video games with my tradition. kids. Yeah. You know, like having that kind of connection point with them. And no kid of mine isn't going to like Halo or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is right. <laughs> All right. Do you now or did you ever collect toys? Okay. You, never you collected Beanie Babies, did you? I did not, but my sister did. <laughs> no, she was like, she was a That's big, funny. she had a whole shelf dedicated to Beanie Babies. Yeah. But no, I never, I never collected Beanie Babies. I, I, I should say for the last one, I collected Star Wars cards back in the day. Okay. And I did not have an impressive collection at all. And I always got taken advantage of. And I traded all of my good Star Wars cards for like trash cards. Yeah. And then when I realized I was getting like, like completely like destroyed in like the <laughs> trade market, I was like, it's over. This is dumb. I'm out. Did you ever do magic cards? Were you in magic? I didn't. Yeah. No. That was one of those things I always wanted to do. Yeah. But I remember going to the hobby shop. My mom took me. I was probably in fifth grade, fourth grade. I don't yeah. Know. And you and saw them satanic cards. We up were there. gonna get some magic cards yeah. because I said, Oh mom, I'm really excited and I was gonna learn how to play with all my friends at recess and stuff. <laughs> and she took like maybe forty five seconds to look at those cards and she said, I'm not buying you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Jesus would cry if you played this guy. <laughs> and so and so I just never that, that We love you, Mama Cole. We, yeah, love we you, Mama do. Cole. We do. And you know, that might be the reason I turned out okay. That's I never, right. Never played magic cards. <laughs> She kept, she kept you she kept you off the magic. That's um, right. No, you know this is kind of an interesting kind of like moments just in time. So I'm sitting at the kids' gymnastic class, and it's like me and a couple of other parents. These two moms our age are sitting there, and they're talking about Yu Gi Oh cards and how they used to play Yu Gi Oh cards. Ugh. And you don't associate like Yu Gi Oh cards with like soccer moms, but then no. it's like, but no, we've re- entered into that era where like we. Like every like we're the new soccer mom parents, you know what I mean? Like we're uh, in that generation. Now. Wow. <laughs> anyway, that's um, amazing. So I collect Star Wars cards. Toys wise, I never collected toys. I do have a very specific grouping of those uh, Funko Pops. 
you know, the bobblehead looking guys. Okay. For, you know, when we, when we did the flash TV talk, we had the Funkos from that show. And so I've got a couple of those and then I've got a couple of guardians of the galaxy ones. I don't have like a massive collection, but I've got a couple that are like scattered around my office. Yeah. That sort of thing. Okay. All right. Do you now, or did you ever collect comic books? No. Okay. I did. But I didn't have an again. I didn't have an extensive collection. I would collect like a very specific run. I know I have a collector's like like bent, so I refuse to collect anything. <laughs> and if I do it, it's in a very like tight very set situation. Limited, yeah, yeah. Set yourself some good boundaries. Exactly. And the question was, if you answered no to any or all of these, is there anything besides pipes that you collect? Yeah, or did collect? When I was a kid, I had a fascination with keychains. And I collected keychains from all over the country. Really? And whenever I had a family member go somewhere interesting, I asked them to bring me a keychain. And I still to this day have a big box full of keychains. You were kidding me. Seriously? In my house. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know this, like just like touristy, tourist trap keychains that have like a palm tree with, and you, you know, there's like one that you, it's, it's like a whole wall of them and you pick the one that's got your name on it and that kind of thing. Like I, like I have keychains that look like that from all over. You're kidding me. It's, no. Have you ever, do you have one from Paris? No. No, but when I, I go to Paris, I'm getting you a keychain. I have one that I have one I got. One of my favorite ones is uh, one that I got in uh, in London at the Tower of London, and Ooh. it's a flask. Yeah. And I bought it when I was 17. <laughs> but um, but well, yeah, you know, well, so, I swear you're 17 if you're in London, and you've already been drinking beer for like uh, five years, haven't you? Yeah, I, apparently <laughs> that was a terrible British accent. It I was apologize. Pretty, it was pretty bad. Um, but uh, I collected uh, keychains. I also had a pretty a pretty decent coin collection too. I, I collected coins for for a while. Man, you were just a lady killer back in the day. Lady killer, man. I mean, just man. slayed them. Yep. Did did uh, did Nina know about your keychain collection? Why do you think she married? me <laughs> <laughs> just after them, them keychains man <laughs> keychains. all right well uh, there you go that's quick fire questions for today and hey if you've got some quick fire questions for us send them into the show show at country squire radio.com your thoughts your comments listener feedback listener feedback all right this comes in from joel and I know I just offended, I already offended our British listeners. Let's double down. Because I don't know if Joel's from foggy London town or not, but he starts this out with, hello, boys. <laughs> that is what it says. No, don't read. Don't do it. Hello, boys. Wanted to let you know how much your show has contributed to my enjoyment of smoking pipes. Stop. All right. <laughs> he says the t- <laughs> He says the two biggest takeaways, the two things that have completely changed my enjoyment of pipes and pipe tobacco for the better are number one, tamped out ash. I always had trouble either keeping my pipe lit or packing it too tightly. Now, because of your show, I have a check tool as part of my EDC or everyday care. I can tamp and pick as needed to get the proper burn at all times. Thank you. Number two. Pipe cleaners after every bowl. This has been a game changer. I used to have to deep clean my pipes after just a few bowls. Uh, Bristle pipe cleaners and whiskey to really scrub the gunk out. Even had to do the salt method a couple of times. This had the effect of me not wanting to smoke because I didn't want to clean. Yep. Now, again, because of your show, I run a pipe cleaner through the stem and around the inside of the bowl after every smoke. And I just got to say, this has made 
all the difference in the world. Armed with my tap and pipe cleaner, I fear no pipe nor tobacco. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. Fantastic show as ever. And again, that is coming in from Joe from Foggy London Town. Oh, hello, boys. Hello, boys. You know, I I just feel so accomplished when people just understand that they just need to regularly use pipe cleaners. I've got it's the feeling a dentist has to have when his patient starts flossing. I mean it's just gotta be that you've been flossing, haven't you? Mm, Your gums are so healthy. Yeah, tobacconist is basically a dentist. I mean we well, you know, (laughs) it's the same ballpark, you know, kind of (laughs) general wheelhouse. There's the mouth area. It's a mouth area and healthy for you it's basically the same thing yeah, yeah. it's a uh, yeah just like your cob is at the cob salad bar you know it's uh, okay you know so, i did actually just get a electric toothbrush <laughs> no no no. hang on this this relevancy here uh, not just because you just said dentist right. I, <laughs> this is not a squirrel situation right squirrel. no but like i did just recently get an electric toothbrush and I, I, I'm hoping it does wonders because I am looking for that validation from my dentist next time I go in. Yeah. And for them to comment being like, oh my goodness, your teeth are so much better than they historically are. Yeah. Is there such thing as some sort of like electric pipe cleaner or something of that nature? Because I mean, like you think about some of the methods that, you know, yes, ideally the person is going through, they're running that pipe cleaner in through every single time. Like, you know, but the reality is. I just can't keep a straight face. You just asked if there's an electric pipe cleaner. I'm serious. Not. I don't like, I, I'm sorry. Right. Imagine you yeah. didn't know what an electric toothbrush was and I told you that for the first time. You that, think that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. 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 So that's what I'm saying. Like, it sounds ridiculous until you think about it. It's it's that scrub, kind of that aggressive scrub method that's being applied all the way around. I just, I, you know, I guess you could get a wire bristle. This man is fighting back. I, I just. The most judgmental smile y'all have ever seen. I have a seen. lot of judgment right now. Wow. <laughs> Part of the reason you smoke a pipe is to get away from all the ridiculous okay, electrical yeah. ridiculousness. Okay. So it's like, no, just just, just, just clean your pipe. <laughs> just clean your pipe. Just get a bag of pipe cleaners and clean your pipe. It's not that big of a deal. Then you won't have to do all this salt treatment and, you know, people put it in the dishwasher and everything else. It's like, I've got these guys who buy state pipes and they soak them in rum for four days before they, you know, smoke them. Just like, just, just. Just use a pipe cleaner. Just be consistent every single time and you're good. All right. I feel a little activated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. I, I think I can push it even further. Raisins. No. <laughs> Next time on Country Squire Radio. <laughs> Next week is just John David. Right. I killed Bo guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he kept talking about electric pipe cleaners and <laughs> raisin flavored tobacco. And I just went straight and I went all over. Oh, man. All right, man. Well, hey, we want to thank y'all so much for uh, for tuning in. Of course, you can keep up, send in your thoughts, your questions. You know, I want to really kind of put a push out there, too, uh, for quick fire questions. So, you know, this week is one of the weeks where I came up with some questions. And, you know, we want to get some uh, quick fire questions from y'all as well. So send in your ideas. You know, a lot of times people do themed versions of quick fire yeah. questions. Yeah. which is always always good. So, uh, you know, want to get you get you out there, get creative. We'd love to see what you have for us. Again, you can send those into the show, show at countrysquireradio.com. Uh, you can also follow John David at John David Cole, or you can follow the shop at underscore Country Squire or the show at Squire Radio. But all that and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com. Well, man, one of the things that I always find with these top three type of episodes yeah. is that, you know, we kind of blend this notion of, you know, adding some credibility, 
because you, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's a validation of like, you've got like one of the most celebrated tobacconists of our times is giving is- you his choices on the like top three. And that means something. But at the same time, there is a subjective nature to this, right? Like, you know, there's, I, I, I say that, I mean, like, See, first you were challenging whether or not you 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 offer that kind of like uh, prestige, and then when I say like it's subjective, you're like, well, I mean, not if I say it, it's not subjective. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious as to what other people might consider for their top threes as well. Yeah, yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, yeah so, what, what do you think about what do you think about the three that I chose? Are they are they truly the top Virginias out there? Would you have uh, selected something different? Um, and and again, you know, we kind of chose to stick with the. Um, looking through the lenses of a Virginia only tobacco, something that's purely Virginia, um, you know, maybe flavored, maybe not flavored, but it doesn't have any other ingredients in it. So uh, where does that lead you? What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. We want to hear y'all's thoughts. I think that's going to do it though for this week. Hey, John David, let's go have a day. Bienvenidos. (laughs) See you, brother. (laughs) 